Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom here, your podcast host, just popping by before we get started to tell you about our Patreon subscription service, where you can get loads of extra stuff from Luke and myself, including our uh, Waterloo Road awards, extended versions of all of our interviews, there will be a new one very soon, hopefully. Um, we also review other school-based shows. We are writing the continuation of my old Waterloo Road fan fiction. There's loads of great stuff on the Patreon. And if you want to access it, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Pod. And I would like to thank those of you who are existing Patreon subscribers. So thank you to Georgia Leah, who is on Instagram and TikTok as the Avocado Bath. Thank you to Emmy. Thank you to Emily Berry. To Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Maddie, to Lottie Smith, to Eliza, who is on Instagram at WaterlooXRoad underscore. Thank you to Lucy, to Claudia Graham, to Natalie, who is Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. Thank you to Tom Percival, to Becky, to Joe Buckle, to Matthew Kumar, and finally, thank you to Mel. Your continued support is so appreciated by Luke and myself. And if you are listening now and would love to join that list of shout outs and get access to all of the great stuff on the Patreon, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Waterloo Road pod. All of the information is there. And now, without any further ado, let's get on with this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. I am Tom Beasley, your Waterloo Road superfan, joined as ever by Luke Stevenson as we continue to walk down the winding path towards Scotland. Which I am very pro. Yes, yes. Freedom and all that. Accusations of an anti-Scottish bias have, uh, by me, to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. Michael is the best teacher this school has ever had. Yeah. Um, good bit of 2012-ing right at the start here, because Lauren has a Kesha poster. Oh, I love Kesha. <laughs> so much. Every every few weeks, someone in charge of Kesha's YouTube goes, We've got another view on the video, take it off. <laughs> Who is that? It's me. <laughs> Place downtown. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so that's it. You and Lauren are the Kesha fans. Yeah, me and Lauren. <laughs> um, Some of that people bought in October 1992. <laughs> that, you, that sounds really weird that you've just said that without context. It's because I was checking what else the actress had been in today. <laughs> and I went, oh, her birthday is, I think, something like the 9th of October. <laughs> because without context, it just sounded like you knew the birthdays of all of the Waterloo Road <laughs> Uh, by the way, we do have to say the day this comes out, happy birthday to uh, Alicia. <laughs> if that happens to be a birthday, that's purely an accident. <laughs> that would be really funny if it was. Um, it's like there was what there was an episode of Pointless once where the jackpot category was like it was like Olympic sports or something, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I suppose we'll choose that." And then it came up like uh, any woman who's won an Olympic javelin title Ooh. or something. And he sort of like played it off like, oh yeah, I know a little bit about that. And he he knew not only the names of the women who'd won them all, he knew the country they represented. Oh, <laughs> and like that's not something you know. That's 
That's a very specific and worrying fetish. I, I like the I- I like the idea that maybe one day you and I go on a quiz show and then it turns out the last round is about Waterloo Road. <laughs> the birthdays of Waterloo Road <laughs> cast members. <laughs> There's a lot of very autopilot Waterloo Road plotting in this episode. Yeah. Because we have an election and the platforms are always nerdy kid who cares about the policies yeah. and party kid. Yes. And we have Maddie and Trudy here and it, doing that. In Things That Go Nowhere, when, spoilers, Trudy wins the election, she tells Maddie, I'll need an entertainment officer. Why didn't Maddie just apply for that to begin with? If her platform was just entertainment, <laughs> why'd she go, do you know what, I don't want to be in charge of everything because I just run the parties. Yeah. Hey. But that's obviously not going to be a thing going forward. We're not going to see their cabinet meetings. <laughs> it, it would be fun if then in every ten episodes we got four discos. Yeah. <laughs> well, then you know, the last one, there's too many discos in this show. Yeah, I do think that most sort of 16, 17, 18 year olds don't really want discos. A party and a disco are very different things. Yeah, yeah. They want to blaze a heroin. <laughs> they do. They do. See, people know we recorded this on last week's Back yeah. to Back. There you go. <laughs> The in-jokes last two weeks unless yeah. they're about socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the in-jokes between 20 and 21 are non-existent because it was four weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although they're not that bad because the editing has caught, caught up. Yeah, between so. <laughs> yeah between the um, uh, last two episodes, you you became a married man and I became a 30-year-old. Yes. Too much has changed. <laughs> For us to, We're very, very different we can, people. We can't there. pretend that episode 20 us is episode 21 us. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, Trudy and Maddie are going to be the head girl. Maddie's still being cold to Sean. Um, oh, here's the thing. I mentioned this last week, Ego. Finn says to Tarek that you're lucky I didn't press charges. Yes. With the fight last week. And they sort of square up to each other. It's nice that Finn and a male character are back to their standard. We're a, bit, we're a bit friends for a bit, then we'll square up. Squaring up all the time. And what's even so even more misleading is both of them are in good boy cardigans this week. Yeah. <laughs> They're not acting like good boy cardigans. <laughs> um, Michael has conveniently waited precisely a week to address the staff about last week. Yep. And to praise Chalky for averting a potential fatality. Maybe we have to assume that basically this... They have an all-staff meeting one morning a week. Maybe. And that's when this show always happens. Yes. Because I think we sort of decided that that was what was happening with the, like, senior leadership meetings. Yeah. Because for a while it seemed like every episode started with one of those. Yeah. So I think we sort of came to the conclusion they maybe have it once a week. and That's when, yeah, that's where we start. And that's see. the week that we happen to, to be there. Um, so Michael's big plan is to ban street slang. Yes. Well, it, it sort of initially seems that's what he's saying, but it like, seems like he's banning all slang. Yeah, because someone says, dunno, and they're yeah. like, you're not allowed to say that. And uh, Kyle says, what are you banging on about? And that's deemed to be slang. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because as we know from history, no one who speaks well has ever been a criminal. No, of course not. No. no. And certainly no one who speaks well as a criminal has ever been prime minister. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, because you can apply that to lots of different Yeah, things. exactly, it's good. That's, that's non-partisan, that is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, exactly. You could almost say that as me swiping up Blair. Uh, <laughs> if I'd said it, it would definitely have been a swipe at Blair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last week, we saw Grantley making a phone call to the cosmetics company that Maggie's working for. Yes. In order to be a rep for them. We now find out that he is in the staff room 
selling uh, the same cosmetics and undercutting her. Yes. So Rosie has moved in with Matt. I feel like they tend to forget about that storyline quite a lot. <laughs> it, it just kind of happens whenever... Well, because I guess it, the, the show more than ever now is not really that interested in people's home lives. No, yeah. Um, it, it's even more 9 till 3. When I've been going through uh, old episodes to find quotes for memes and yeah. stuff, you see how much of it used to happen outside of school. Because mm. it was very much about the teachers' personal lives as yeah. well. Whereas now it's both soapy, but also only ever happens in this one area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Rosie has moved in with Matt, and he's been very demanding, and so Matt's not sleeping very much. And uh, he says, still seven weeks to go. Yes, because... When someone puts a time limit on something, nothing's going to happen that brings that forward. No, of course it? not. He had to tempt fate, didn't he? Um, so uh, Chalky talks to Michael, kind of goes to bat for... It's weird, this, because this conversation seems to happen in a world that Michael has not been defending Tarek for the last ten episodes. Yes. Because Chalky's like, oh, you need to give him another chance. But maybe, like, he has been defending Tarek, and then last week he was in a group fight where he had a, was wielding a knife at Finn. But there's no acknowledgement. There's no bit where Michael says, oh, I was wrong about him. Yeah, yeah. He's a scrote and he's irredeemable. Yes. There's no moment of that. No. Yeah, that's fair. But it's, it's not like... Um, Rachel having to reckon with the fact that Earl Kelly was allowed to be at the school. Yeah. But she didn't reckon with it that much. No, but there was the... She reckoned with it for a minute. There was the stuff with Steph saying, you know, your inclusiveness is the reason that this has happened. Yeah, and then years later, Brexit happened, so... (laughs) Thank you, Rachel Mason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, Chalky's going to bat for Tarek. He's done a lot of research on the gangs in the last week. Um, And he wants... Because he says... Oh, I've had time on my hands since Linda, and then they cut him off. It's like, since Linda, what? <laughs> stopped, stopped cancelling dates with you yeah. once a week. <laughs> he was spending the rest of the time trying to cook lasagna. I think yeah. that was the-, <laughs> the show has a really grandiose impression of what relationship those two shared when they both openly admitted out loud it wasn't that much. Yeah. Um. So Chalky wants to be like a gang liaison. Yeah. Surely the point of a, like a liaison officer is that they can talk to the gang people. Chalky doesn't seem to be able to talk to the gang people. No. He's just read a lot about them. Yeah. I could read a lot about gang people. It doesn't mean I'd be in any way useful. No, you, you <laughs> would be, not be the person I would send. No, no. No, I can bond with the Sken crew, can I? Um, and Chalky's big suggestion, because what is always the suggestion, when a male pupil needs to be G'd up a bit, uh, have someone come in to speak about business. <laughs> or, uh, here's a position of authority that you should try and get. Yeah. Um, in this case, head boy. Um, bold to suggest that Tarek run in an election voted for by his peers when he tried to stab one of the more popular ones of them a week ago. <laughs> I mean, at least, you know, this school, at least they get a, a say in who their leaders are. <laughs> Um, so Lauren is telling everyone that she's been spotted by a model agent and has an audition, um, particularly to Maddie, who's sort of, you know, being a bit mean to her about it. And then Lauren admits to Josh, that actually, she's not been spotted. It's just an open audition that mm. anyone could go to. Yeah, we all had a friend like that, didn't we? <laughs> oh, I, I, had tri- I had trials of Plymouth Argyle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there's a bit where they're doing a PE class and... Oh, Phoenix, this is Phoenix a... and Denzel do what is like a sort of 
we're friends, secret so, handshakey type thing. All and Chessie's like, no, no. <laughs> it's really awful. Because they bump into each other delicately. And they just go, oh, no worries, mate. Let's do our secret handshake to prove that we're still friends. Yeah. Because we bumped shoulders while running. Yeah. And it's like, it's just... Ugh. It, the show descends more and more into being that, like, um, help video they used to show you in PSHE classes. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God, a drug. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, we're dealing with conflicts. Oh, do you, it should have just paused at that point. It's hi. Do you know if your friends are in gangs? <laughs> this is a sure sale sign that they're in gang. But I feel like it, it just illuminates how ridiculous the policy is, that scene. Yeah, yeah. Because he like he has to send them to the cooler because they said like bro and did a handshake. And the, the thing is, is like no one, no one considers the implication of sending all like anyone who speaks this way. Some of them will be in a gang. Yes. Some of them won't be in a gang. Yes. But no stuff about gang. Yes. So the idea is we put all of these people in the same room. <laughs> yeah. And that will be fine. Yeah. Because you know. Reddit and 4chan <laughs> taught us, so that always ends well. <laughs> so uh, e- even Trudy thinks that the, the this big crackdown is pathetic. Um, and then they sort of do that thing that it's been, I feel like it's been a while since we did this, where they sort of know that they need to have a debate about an issue. So they sort of half do the talking points and then move on. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it, it became, in the last series, Grantly walking in and just going, well, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, they stopped even doing the debate. Yeah. Because before they'd just do like, here are the two or three main bullet points on either side of the argument. Yeah, yeah. I think after they did the Who's Better Boys or Girls episode, <laughs> that's when... Um... I, I will always remember, always remember Bolton's line in that debate, which is when he just shouts, what about tennis? Girls can't play five t- sets like the man down. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff the trauma. <laughs> I get a lot of like Glee TikToks where people are sharing the collective trauma of having watched Glee. Yeah, this show is gonna come back to me in waves. <laughs> so inevitably, with all of this, the, the cooler is absolutely rammed full of people. Uh, Trudy uh, using the sort of hustings to attack this free speech initiative, um, and then her ideas are all like, um, "Oh, we'll do." We'll do a party like ball thing, but it will be benefiting a charity. Yeah. Um, the magic, like, because I'm obsessed with Maddie's vocal fry. Yes. And when she's up there on the stage, and then she, she she gives smoky eye, and she gives vocal fry at the same time. Then she goes, "So, if you want a party," and then I was just there, like, "Good lord!" <laughs> yeah, it's a strange, it's a strange thing. I enjoy a Tarek speech as well, which amounts to knife crime. I'm against it. <laughs> Yeah, because Tarek starts doing a sort of banal speech about like various things. His his uh, his main campaign policy on his poster is to get rid of the cooler. Yeah, which is very vote for me and I'll get rid of maths. Yeah, but then he's like, I'll get tellies so we can watch the games. And then Michael's like, I don't think people want to hear about this. I want to hear about your policies. He let Maddie do five uninterrupted minutes on discos. Yeah. Also, what games? The, the football games during the school day. All um, of those football matches that happened between nine and three yeah, Monday yeah. to Friday. The, the person who wrote that remembered very specifically and only the 2002 World Cup. Yes. <laughs> Precisely that. When yes. a generation of people went into school one hour early. That was a con, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I went into school at half seven in the morning to watch England play Brazil. Ridiculous. I remember. So I, I remember my dad being very outraged 
because the head teacher of the school had sent a letter home saying, if you want to come in early and watch it was the final group game or whatever, you can. But the, te- the head teacher was not a football fan. Yeah. So on the letter he'd written, or if you have better things to do than watch 22 men chase a ball around, something <laughs> like that. And my dad was outraged by this. <laughs> Outraged. Have you recently met your dad as the most quiet, mild-mannered individual <laughs> in the world? This was twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it was twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, we're all decaying. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I remember watching uh, Ronaldinho's free kick sailing over David Seaman's head on a tiny TV no, in the school hall. See, we had a whiteboard. We had the interactive oh. whiteboard. It was projected onto there. You. So you were a. Interactive whiteboards on a computer in every classroom. Yeah, from in primary school. Absolutely not. Yes, yeah, absolutely not. It was the so, old, the classic wheelie TV. Yeah, Southern England. Man. That was that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the West Midlands, we were. Yeah, yeah. still are. We had we had the computer the computer suite. Yeah, we had a computer suite at well. school. We had about sort of ten computers in, yeah. so half a class yeah. could use computers at a time. Yeah, I remember me and the uh, guy, the IT teacher. Uh, Mr. Kova, at lunchtime, we used to play a uh, Stuka game on one of the computers we, competitively. <laughs> it always... I, I think I can remember the shot as well because it was best of five. Yeah. I won the first two. Yeah. And, on, and then he brought two back. And on the last one, I was up and I missed one ball and then he put it all away and I lost because he said a student had never beaten him before and I was that close to having all of those bragging rights. And you know what? That was 25 years ago, and I'm not <laughs> over it. Yeah, Tarek's doing this, this banal speech, and Michael says, I think what people want is for you to talk about stabbing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he goes, yeah, what about knife crime? And Tarek goes, we're not against it, obviously. <laughs> Which is great. He's yes. not going to get on a pro-knife crime platform, <laughs> yeah. is he? That would have been a bold strategy. Yeah. But eventually he like promises to never hold a knife again, which raises questions about dinner. <laughs> 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 oh, I love when Tom scripts a joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was watching. I was like, well, I don't think it's a workable promise. Yeah, how how's your how's your steaks, Tarek? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit cold. I can't get through it with the spoon. Yes. <laughs> it's like ten thousand spoons when all you need is a knife. <laughs> so Lauren's at the modelling audition. Um, she sort of does the the, the shoot. And then the modelling lady says, oh, you're, you're not for us. Um, and then afterwards... Um, this is despite the lady going, this is great. This is fantastic. Yeah. All the photos come out really well. She goes, you're not for us. Yeah. Um, but it's because the modelling industry is all evil. But the modelling lady says, oh, I've got a friend who does like shoots for like, lingerie catalogues. Imagine, like, I get this. Like, I know <laughs> it's all disgusting. But she's quite clearly an 18-year-old girl. Yeah. At, at best, an yeah. 18-year-old girl. And the person goes, you're not right for us doing, you know, high street clothes in the fashion catalogue, but I reckon we can get you in your kecks to yeah. sell lingerie. It's like, what? Um, and then uh, Lauren mentions her birthmark. Oh, really? Does it come and go with the winds, is it, Lauren? <laughs> what, what's funny is it just... It, <laughs> It, it almost makes that other one worse yeah. because it shows that they just forgot. Yeah, the show hides. <laughs> it's it's not between... that they made a conscious decision not to have it; they just forgot and didn't care enough yeah, to yeah. remember. <laughs> in in the break between series, they hired a continuity person, yeah. <laughs> and that person went, "Oh boy, we'll overlook some things." Yeah, yeah. He goes, "I can't fix Finn, 
<laughs> so yes, Lauren mentions her birthmark, and the modeling lady says, "Oh, you could do cosmetic surgery, and they will they'll remove the birthmark, and then they have a conversation about a boob job as well." Which Lauren brings to the table. Yeah. Can we... We've had this story once. Yes. The character who is involved in this story is still in the show. Yes. And they... They, they, they no, never no, put this together. They can remember there's a the, scene where they're in the room together later in the episode, <laughs> Lauren and Janice. And I thought, oh, they're going to... Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Janice, you actually went through with a new job. <laughs> and by all accounts... Is happier having done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that annoyed me. It really annoyed me that they had Janice there in a scene with her and they didn't. They could, yeah, I was going to say, they remembered a birthmark and they did a very niche reference to Joshua having taken drugs before. Yeah. So I guess that we can only expect so much from these people <laughs> who forgot Phil, Finn fell off a bridge. The thing as well is, they obviously want to do the is it right to have cosmetic surgery thing, but they know if it's just about her birthmark, we're going to side more with, well, it makes sense for her to have it. Yeah. If it's risk-free and it will allow her to feel more confident about herself, great. Yeah. So they can't do the debate there. Yeah. What so about they have tits? To, they, <laughs> exactly. They have to do that to, to, to make it a debate. So yeah, Finn then stands up at the hustings and he vows to protect the school from gangs, directly calling out the Dale Sken crew, which feels bold. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is as well, isn't it just weird? It's a bit like... Um, Oh, I've forgot, forgotten his name. Who was the big criminal uh, lord who they got for tax evasion? Al Capone. Al Capone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows Kyle is in this gap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit where the, when, they're, when they're all massed in the cooler, where Chalky goes, I've learned about gangs, and those laces show that you're in the, the Dale Scandal. The, 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 the gang that's been terrorising the yeah. school... With a great knowledge of its all of its whereabouts, yeah, I can pin squarely on you, yeah. and you're not even hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, Carl says, "Carl says to Tarek, we've got to play the game. You know, we've got to we've got to do our own stuff in the background.' It's like you've just been flagrantly. <laughs> yeah, they're really trying to sell Kyle as like a sort of Machiavellian yeah. criminal genius who was being held back by Mason's psychopathic behaviour. Yeah, I like the idea that he went, he met all these people at a dance retreat. Yeah. <laughs> So Kyle is then talking to Tarek, um, hands him a knife. He says the words from above. Yeah. yeah. What is the power structure of this gang? (laughs) Oh. It's run by the Illuminati. It's run by one of the Burleys. (laughs) Ronan. (laughs) If he emerges from the shadows. Ronan is a king. Um, But Kyle shows this Gabos. Gabos? Gabos. On his neck. What on earth are you talking about? <laughs> you don't watch this show, do you? So he's got like, I, I, I think it's actually a tattoo. Okay. It says Gabos, which stands for Game Ain't Based on Sympathy. Right. You're going to ask me what that means? I don't know. Yeah. I don't... Let me type it in. I don't know if it's an actual thing or something they made up for the show. Game Ain't... It appears based. to be the motto of it's the... It's a song. Oh. By Rick Ross. Is that Rick Ross who was in Panic at the Disco? Presumably not. I don't think it is. <laughs> oh, no, that was Ryan Ross. That's not even Rick Ross. Who's Rick Ross? He's an American rapper. Oh, there you go. There you go. We are not worldly. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Do you remember the other week when someone 
tweeted us to tell us that you could do drugs. <laughs> yeah. Someone tweeted us to explain after we done an episode where we said, I don't know if this is real. They go, yeah, absolutely. You can do drugs this way. We was like, oh, all right then. We just have one big... We, we are so incapable. Is, I'm, I'm not ashamed that I don't know about taking drugs. Yeah. Let's judge the tweeter. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, but I don't feel like that's a big gap in my knowledge I must fill. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We know we know that you blaze heroin. It's fine. <laughs> oh God. Um. So, um, Tarek then goes to see Chalky because under the terms of his like not being expelled, he has to go and check in with Chalky at various points of the day. Um, and he sort of does the whole thing about going, "Oh, my friend's got a problem," and <laughs> tries to get some advice. That never works. No, everyone it knows it's you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they do that very loaded thing where they go, did your friend sort out their problem? Yeah. Um, and he didn't. No. Uh, meanwhile, Josh overhears Lauren calling the cosmetic surgery clinic. Um, and then Lauren gets Josh to go with her. And it's worth it just for the bit where it cuts to Josh uh-huh. holding an implant in each hand. <laughs> and saying, this isn't my area yeah. of expertise. <laughs> that's, that's actually funny. Yeah, a genuine, a genuine <laughs> laugh line. To be fair, Josh's character at the moment is basically saying, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, every three lines. Yeah. It's like they know they've not given Josh enough screen time. Yeah, yeah. they feel like they have to do a little potted history when they introduce him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Josh, Tom's my dad, I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what at I the moment, drugs? I blaze heroin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, the clinic are saying, oh, the boob job is, is more... Uh, risky than the sort of fairly routine uh, and then, laser surgery. And then they say they can get the boob job on Klarna. Get <laughs> <laughs> on a payment plan. Yeah. Imagine, that would be an embarrassing thing for the bailiffs to come round for, right? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid for your boobs. <laughs> Carrying your TV out going, this is for the boobs. <laughs> and now for the left one. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, Kyle and the the crew confront Tarek because he they I think he's presumably going to the police station to hand in this knife because mm. Chalky says something about there being an amnesty. Um, and Kyle's like, "Ha ha! That knife, your prints are all over that, and it's wanted in connection with a, a robbery." That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> They've gone. That's what happens with guns. <laughs> so it must happen with guns. Skins. Um, <laughs> so that must be what happens with kniffs. Yeah. Um, but like, there's not knife waving residue if you use a <laughs> knife. You know, if the CCTV of someone holding a knife, the police go, "That's a knife." That is. Yeah. They can't possibly yeah. identify unless it's a massive blade with Tarek's knife written on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> this small indescript knife is the one that was used in a bookies robbery. Yeah. Um, What's odd about that is because obviously Tarek's waving the knife and they're filming him. Yeah. And in that film footage, you then have the audio of Kyle going, That knife is what <laughs> it's. It's Kyle's say, it's like um, the bit for The Simpsons, like the best part of the best idea of this crime, crime spree was putting it all on camera. Yeah. <laughs> You'd have Kyle openly admitting that he or a member of that gang robbed yeah. a bookies with a knife. Yeah. So back at the school, uh, the kids all have tape over their mouths because Trudy's doing a protest about their lack of free speech. Yes. 
So Josh and Lauren are on their way back from the clinic, and Josh is not keen on her having a boob job. Lauren says, it's my body, and I'll, I'll make my own decision. Um, then Josh uh, uh, um, lights up a spliff. <laughs> oh, God. And Lauren... We're dangerously close to just a little spleef yeah, in between us, are um, And Lauren sort of warns him off. Back at the school, Trudy... Uh, Sean has worked out that Trudy's leading this protest, taking her to Michael, um, and Trudy accuses him of turning the school into a prison, um, saying, we're not all gang members. She is correct, and she should stick to her guns on this. The next time we see her, she is rolling over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't lose. Yeah. Why are we giving in to their point? Um, so she says, I've secured lunchtime access to Mr. Byrne like yeah. once a week or whatever, so we can... Air our views. Yeah. It's what it's like because I've secured a way for the show to resolve this storyline without ever having to mention it again. Yeah. Because it's based on what people say, it's a way of the show going, Well, we're profiling, but we're not profiling in the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> so actually this kind of profiling's good actually. Yeah, it's it's very odd. Um also, there's no suggestion that the kids at this school couldn't have access to Mr. Byrne at lunchtime. If they were knocked on his office door, yeah. they could speak to him. Yeah, yeah. It happens often. He has one-to-one chats he's, with kids. He's talked her down because he, they could go there five days a week. He's given them one day yeah, a week. Yeah. <laughs> he's secured himself four free lunchtimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw a post like this with Pretty Woman, right, which is when she agrees to $3,000 for five days and she sees her hourly rate drop from $100 an hour to $21 an hour <laughs> and she's very excited by it. <laughs> Lauren and Josh walk back in as the protest is happening and everyone's silent despite the fact they can clearly hear the whole school is silent yeah. they're going on about how Maddie's a smug cow right oh, so that's what because I thought the whole humiliating Maddie thing happened way earlier no no and then I was just trying to piece together what had happened no so they're just walking into school and they're like having a little bitch session about Maddie because she's running for the election Lauren's like oh like I'd vote for her she's such a smug cow yeah and obviously Maddie can hear it because they're all silent yes uh, okay um, so Sean uh, because she's like trying very hard to appease Maddie at the moment um, has, a, has a go at Lauren and, and Josh for bullying uh, and then asks you know oh where have you been by the way um, and Josh is all giggly because he's been blazing he's been blazing he had again this is very much the Emily on that tablet I think that the, the the ganja was laced with what was ever in that tablet because he yeah. had one puff and was then the most stoned human being yeah. you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. I'm not sure if any of that language was correct. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's almost better if it isn't. Um, <laughs> Lady so, doth protest too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Josh um, tells Sean that Lauren's considering having a boob job. Um, and Sean urges her to think it through. There we go. Cool. And when Sean says think it through, what she means is don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And that's made very clear. But she does a better job with this than um, Kim did. Oh, much better. Because Kim basically bullies Janice into doing it <laughs> by her uh, aggression for it. Sean yeah. just goes, look, consider all of your options yeah. and then, you know, tr- maybe apply yourself to these different things and yeah. it works. Yeah. She's changed Waterloo Road. She's changed Waterloo Road. That's deep into the arsenal for that one. Yeah. Um, don't ever say deep into the <laughs> arsenal. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. I don't enjoy that phrase. Um, Jez suggests that he and Sean have a baby. 
Because you know what? Two weeks, three weeks after an illicit affair of a co-worker was revealed and la- one week after co- she was co- spying co- on a you. A co-worker, who let it be said, is still her boss. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> still there. You know, there's every chance she got pregnant right now. We wouldn't know whose it was. <laughs> there would be questions. Uh, Rosie turns up um, because her car's got a flat tyre. So she drove there yeah. to have Matt change the tyre. Yeah. So Matt leaves Rosie in charge of the kids while he goes and changes the tyre. She could have turned up for any other reason. There's so many reasons. It's such a confected bit of nonsense. It doesn't need to be that contrived. She doesn't even need to be on the school. He get a call saying she's gone into labour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we all know her getting hit with the door wasn't actually part of the labour. No. So it's just so stupid. Because the show goes to great pains to explain that. Yeah. They don't even let us think maybe it was because of that. They make sure that in dialogue they say... All we know about Naz now is she liked football. Yeah. Fancy Premier League. Yeah. But we've abandoned that. And she hit a lady with a door but it wasn't a problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. Um, so yeah, Rosie collapses after Naz has opened this door on her. Um, and then uh, the paramedics show up and it turns out that she has gone into labour early. Yes. Which is bad. Which is bad. Uh, meanwhile, Tom is challenging Josh because he stinks of weed, um, tells him to empty his pockets, takes the weed off him, and then watches as he flushes it down the loop. Okay. The, 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 where this storyline is going is now, again, as has been established, I don't know a lot about this. I, I feel like if we've made anything clear in the last sort of 45 minutes or so, it's that ne- our combined knowledge yeah. about drugs couldn't fill one of those little baggies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. You know, someone who takes one tablet of ecstasy would look in there and go, that's not enough. <laughs> um, the, if they had some weed over the holidays, yes. and we're assuming it was a two-week holidays, yeah. um, that means that Josh has somehow developed a sweeping addiction yeah. to a non-addictive yeah. drug. Well, it is, it's addictive, but not so addictive. No. In three, four weeks? Don't get don't let logic get in the way of a bad plot. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, Lauren has started running an illicit beauty salon in the changing rooms in order to pay for her boob job. Um, Janice is there. Why don't they talk about the boob job? <laughs> um, and then Janice, Maggie turns up at this beauty salon, and then Janice reveals to her that uh, Grantley is undercutting her. Yes, cosmetics business, and that's why she's not selling anything. Yeah. Oh, goes nowhere. <laughs> no one cares. Um, every plot is bad so Janice then sort of goes and unwittingly reveals more information outing Lauren's business to Sean I someone who has my nails painted a walk from one side of the school to the other side of the school they would be dry well, see, I, have no, I have no knowledge of that so yeah, I, yeah. I see I don't know I don't know about drugs but I don't know how uh, <laughs> yeah. about having my nails painted yeah um, so yeah the fact that her nails are still wet by the time she saw Sean that is not how this would be uncovered <laughs> Um, but Sean, Sean gets there and she's like don't do this except for in my classroom at lunchtime uh, yeah yeah. and Sean's Char, just like I don't mind you doing this it's just as long as you pay tax on it yeah, yeah. that's basically what she's saying so they have, so have this conversation and then Lauren is talking to Josh and says uh, um, that they've told me that the boob job is going to cost £4,000 it would take me years to save up for it are you about to say what I'm about to say I don't think so because Later on, she says, so she's not going to do it. She's going to yeah. see it in three years 
what she thinks. She's going to focus on it. Josh convinced her to focus on the business. Yeah. And then she goes, I'm still going to get the laser on my back. Yeah. Um, that's a thousand pounds. I can get there in a few months. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't know a lot about drugs, but I know a little bit about maths. Yeah. <laughs> so it would take her three years. You should get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I'm single. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in three years, it should it take a th- the only way to make that t-shirt more embarrassing would be well, it's based on something I came up with on my Waterloo Road podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's all embarrassing, Tom. Um, so yeah, it take her three years to get four thousand pounds, yeah. but a few months to get one thousand pounds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. They remember she has a birthmark. It's all right. Yeah. Um, so we then have this, yeah, when Trudy gets reassurance from the paramedic that Naz knocking the door on her was nothing to do with the labour. Yeah. Which, if, if they're going to do that, why have it in? Yeah, why do it at all? Because it's not, as far as we know, there's going to be no impact on Naz from this. Yeah. She's not going to now be scared of opening doors in yeah. case there's a pregnant lady behind them. Yeah. Also, right, again, I've never been a pregnant lady. No. If I could pick a place in a room where I'm not standing... It's right by the door. It'd be right by the door in a classroom where kids are opening the door. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know... And for that to mean nothing is so ridiculous. But also, for her to get hit in the stomach and the paramedic say straight from that moment that had nothing to do yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah. So it's like, oh, wow, it's just the world's most convenient timing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. And why even bother for a second doing it if it's when not they've be done this before yeah just just have her claps she's clearly in a discomfort before the door yeah just have her walk into the school say hi Matt I don't feel particularly good oh no I'm now on the floor yes so you don't need the story about the car yeah <laughs> she's feeling rubbish so she felt the need to come and see him yeah we know that she doesn't have any boundaries about blundering into the school yeah yeah that's established so we wouldn't question that is this the most confected um, accident that happens to a pregnant lady or is it still is it Kim with the uh, um, with the ladder Oh, no, oh, it's Cheska. Cheska. Where they, they create the situation. Cheska on the, the ladder. Like on the ladder. For about 10 minutes. <laughs> when there's no need for her to be on the ladder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, it was Cheska, yeah. <laughs> I'd block Cheska out. <laughs> yeah, it's so frustrating because the, they didn't need any of those extra bits. She feels a bit crap. She came to the school. She's in the classroom. There's noise in the classroom, so it's intense. Yeah. And then she claps it. We wouldn't have a problem with that. No, no. No one would. But for some reason, they just want to hit, they just want to hit a woman in the throat <laughs> with a door. Something that is like a really triggering and traumatising thing. Yeah, for, exactly. Like, anyone who's ever been pregnant, that is your worst fear. Yeah. And they just throw that in and make it mean nothing. Yeah. So, uh, Trudy is elected head girl, and Finn is elected head boy. Uh, we get Heaven by Emily Sande. Okay. Good, good song. I like that song. This was the uh, this was the year of the uh, Olympics, wasn't it? <laughs> when a whole nation got sworn off Emily Sande for life. She had the biggest audience she'll ever have, and it was so bad for her career. <laughs> so uh, Maggie confronts Grantley, who says, "Well, I have to do things like this because Fleur's home has put the rates up." And they decide to join forces. So, all right, we've discussed this once between ourselves. So. She had a total monopoly on the market. Yeah. Grantley then took that total monopoly from her. Yeah. And now they've both agreed that they're both just going to make less money. Yeah. Because they're both selling in the same place. 
So it's not like it's not like they're going to go around door to door. The whole idea is they're still selling it in school. So it's the same amount of money that both that one of them was making, and they're now going to split between the two yes. of them for no reason. The market hasn't grown. The market is the same. Yeah, there's just more providers for it. Yeah. It's because they've decided to put business second to their bristling chemistry. Ah, uh, yeah, because they're going to have sex. Yeah. The other thing I didn't mention is when the silent protest starts. A bunch of teachers are teaching, turn around, and the kids have the math, the things like, <laughs> like they all did it really quickly. Yeah, they all did it really, really quick. Um, and Grantley's teaching about Freud. That would not come up in an English class. Because he has the Oedipus complex on the screen, and then he's talking about Freud. None of that happens in English. What is he reading? So there's a bit of a Sean and Maddie reconciliation. Which makes you wonder why they bothered with any of the story, because it's such a low-key bit. Yeah. Why they bothered doing any of it. Um, the, the Rosie and Matt stuff is strange, because like this is the, the dramatic sort of bit of their storyline is happening. Yeah. But we don't then see them. Yeah. It's we get their storyline told to us by other characters. Yeah. And apparently Matt and Rosie have no family. So the emotional support is being provided by Michael going down. Yeah, yeah. And Jez and Charlie are like, oh, should we go see them? So what relationship do you have with these people? We have never seen you talk to them. No. Um, But yeah, so we hear Michael say that Rosie gave birth in the ambulance. She's okay, but the baby's in a critical condition. So yeah, we get the thing we mentioned earlier about Trudy appointing Maddie entertainment officer for some reason. Four discos a term. (laughs) Four discos per term. So um, Josh gets home and there's a thing... (laughs) I kept thinking they were going to mention the fact that Tom was opening a can of beer. Yeah, it's very... the camera kept lingering on it. Yeah. Like like Josh was at some point going, going to go, well, you're a hypocrite because you're drinking that. Yeah, yeah. I really thought that's what they were going to do. Yeah, but beer is big claims. It's more, <laughs> it's definitely more addictive than what weed is. I believe so. I believe. Let's with, with, the, with the caveat that I... Bear in mind, I learned what a weed is today. <laughs> uh, Source, theganjaman.wordpress.com says that... Well, a website called leafly.com. <laughs> That's I saw, when I did the joke, the ganjaman.wordpress.com, I was not far away. <laughs> oh my god, that pop up is hotbox your inbox. <laughs> I'm so out of my depth. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. The uh, the journalist who wrote this thing, their last name is Stone. It kind of feels a bit of nominative determinism <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, I can't back that claim up, but whatever. <laughs> Can't buy that claim um, So, uh, so they're, they're discussing Josh's drug taking, and Tom says, D- D- I ended up in hospital last time this happened, yeah. which is a reference to Series 5, Episode 16. That's a deep cut for this show, isn't it? It's incredible that they when, remembered that happened. Yeah, when Josh drugs Tom's curry for reasons. And he crashes his car while he's driving the pregnant Kim somewhere. Yeah. In another... Pre- False in another stomach emergency. Yeah. Oh, this show, Jesus! <laughs> it's just like if it's a like if it's a woman, she's either in pregnancy turmoil or accusing someone yeah. of a sexual assault they didn't commit. That's how this show views women. Yeah. Well, the game uh, of Thronesy that way. Really, so Tom's having his can of beer. He's about to go and watch the Speedway. That sounds like when Tom says you're coming to the Speedway with me. That sounds like the worst punishment. I think I'd rather have the drug injected into my ear. <laughs> I assume they just made up some Speedway teams, but they are real Speedway teams, the Aces and the Pirates. Yeah, cool. The Bellevue Aces based in Manchester. Yeah. So, makes and sense. And the Pirates were where we went to uni, were they? they? Cool Pirates. Because they, they, they didn't they win? I feel like during one of our 
days. Maybe. I had to write a story about them being the champions or whatever. Maybe. If I remember rightly, their communications department were very good to us as university journalism students. Yeah. So we did a lot of Paul Pirate stuff. Um, But yeah, the Bellevue Aces are the most recent champions. Oh, fantastic. So. Ably supported by uh, Tom Tom Clarkson. (laughs) Yeah. And his drug adult and, child. Uh, and other normal men. Yeah. Just normal men. Do, does anyone go to Speedway? No. No. No one who enjoys themselves. It's like, imagine, <laughs> like, because Formula One is boring, right? Oh, yeah, Formula One's a rubbish sport. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know what? At least that's corners. Speedway's a circle. The thing about Formula One as well is Formula One's become very tactical. Yeah. And yeah, Speedway's just, just drive around a circle quickly. <laughs> It's even more boring. So the final scene of the episode is Sean talking to Jazz about babies and sort of pretending to be up for it and then taking the pill. Yeah. Uh, do we care? I don't really. No. The show, the show is uh, is gearing up to blame Sean for exercising her right to choose. Yes. Um, it's, so it, It's going to be Sean is the baddie in this storyline for yeah. not wanting to have a baby with Jazz. Yeah. I mean, she can just tell him, but... I guess her logic would be we're only just piecing this back together and yes. he seems excited by this. Yes. But if you deceive him once, don't deceive him twice. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, the, the Sean is absolutely going to be portrayed as the villain in this storyline. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, this episode's not very good. No, but your um, is good. What's that? The two things I'm excited about in the next time trailer. Oh, okay, do you want to take the next time trailer? Yeah. Well, I can tell you the two things I'm excited about. <laughs> okay, do that then. Um, waterboarding showers are back. Yes, in their natural state, they should be there for waterboarding drug addicts. Yeah, is is the other thing you're excited about the fact Josh gets to kiss a man? Yes, because <laughs> again, Charlie was in the room and when I saw that, I gasped. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to explain that the show just wouldn't let us watch see that for ages. I was like, that's what was it? It took the BBC eighteen months, twenty four uh, twenty four months. Or more commonly known as two years. <laughs> to, to it's be... about as long as a thirty centimetre ruler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they, uh, yeah, to go. Oh, yeah, you are. People are ready to see a kiss now. Yeah, which is interesting because I've I, in the intervening period between we've done this, I've watched all of Heartstopper. Yeah, where it's just lots of kissing. Yeah, and it was just so weird to consider the show that we'd watched from <laughs> ten years ago, which wouldn't dare show us it. Yeah, until now. Till now. So, yeah, Josh is kissing a Grady, the drug man. Um, we get the introduction of uh, Nikki Boston, um, some Grantley and Maggie bonding, uh, Josh getting waterboarded, and uh, Tom being furious with Josh about the drugs. Yeah. Not about the strange woman who waterboarded his son. <laughs> no. 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 Been, Tom's all in favour of waterboarding. We know this. <laughs> yeah. We know this. He waterboarded someone? They, they were using uh, uh, <laughs> drug or alcohol. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Absolutely fine. Um, uh, playout song is probably going to be Emily Sandow. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I like it. Anything but it's all right. It's not the one that uh, the read all about it one oh. that she sang constantly in 2012. She's still in the Olympic Stadium singing <laughs> that song. 